And here we go, here we go! Raider Nation. Raider Nation. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast. Your home for the most real Raiders takes, predictive stats, and advanced analytics. We bleed silver and black. Here are your hosts, Raider Heart and Raspy Raider. Raider Nation, raise your hand if your favorite team is right now the number one seed in the AFC. It feels good to say that. I don't really even care if it's just week three. Welcome to the Silver and Black Hack Podcast, guys. This is your host, Raider Hart. And in this glorious victory edition of the show, the Raiders pull off a big one in Heinz Field. And Raspy and I are here to break down the whole thing. We're here to break down who are the heroes on offense for this Raiders team on the road. We're going to break down Gus Bradley, the, the Gus Bradley effect on defense, this new look Raiders D. Is it too early to say that this defense is for real, guys? I'm not sure we're going to get into that as well. And is Derek Carr the MVP front runner so far through the first two games going into week three? I don't. Is it too early to break that down? I don't think so. I've already seen that being broken down out there, so we'll get into it. And, of course, captain of the week and who will walk the plank. The postgame tradition is back again. But before we get into any of the fun stuff, guys, let's just remind you one more time, like we always do, you can always find us on social media, guys. You can find us on Facebook, on Twitter. Twitter is usually the main one that we interact on, but you can also find us on Facebook as well. But on Twitter, you can find us at silver underscore hack. And for all you podcast junkies out there, you can get the show on just about all the major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. And it's most likely available on every platform available. So Make sure to like, share, and subscribe, and send us your questions, guys. We had a lot of great questions for the last segment of Ask Raspy on the last show, and we're going to run that back again on the Raiders-Dolphins pregame show coming up later this week. So keep us keep us going with these questions, guys. We had some really good stuff. We've had some more really good questions come in over the weekend, during the game, and after the game. So keep them coming, guys. Raspy's ready to, to get at him. So uh, we're looking forward to that. And speaking of Raspy, <clears throat> I got to go ahead and bring in my co-host. I know he's ready to go chomping at the bit. And that's, of course, Mr. Raspy Raider. And Raspy, I mean, on 1 to 10, man, a, a scale of 1 to 10, what's your surprise meter at after the Raiders go in? Neither one of us, we thought it'd be close, but neither one of us thought the Raiders could really dig deep and get this one. We're, I mean, how, where are you at with that? Man, if I had to rank it, I'm going to say eight or a nine. Did I think that we had a full capability to beat this team? Yes. But has the past shown that we would go win this game? No. Believe me, I said it last week too. I said, man, I hope we're wrong. And I wanted us to be wrong more than you know. But uh, but it was worrisome. I mean, let, let's take this and put it in context. The week before, the Steelers team 
went to Buffalo, who was predicted by a lot of people to be in the AFC Championship, maybe the Super Bowl. And right. They kind of handled them, you know what I mean, from a defensive standpoint. And that's a high-powered offense with a hell of a quarterback. So I, I didn't see that coming. So it's like, well, damn, maybe the Steelers are a little more legit than I thought. I knew their defense was going to be good, but with all the re configurations they had, kind of like us on the O-line where they just kind of revamped everything. Um, it was a concern, but, man, I, I will eat this one. I called the loss. I was wrong, and thank God I was wrong. But, man, these boys got me excited, man. I'm juiced right now, like like getting goosebumps talking about it juiced, man. I This is – like Hart said, I know it's only two weeks in, but, man, what a hell of a two weeks right there. I promise you there ain't a person in the NFL, analyst, player, any of that other outside of our organization that thought we were going to be 2-0 and playing Baltimore and Pittsburgh no matter where they were at, you know, let alone going into Heinz Field and handling business like we did. And so, truth be and, and truth be told, Raspy, if you had some – if somebody had some old-school James Bond truth serum – and went around that locker room before the before the season started, and you know injected everybody with truth serum. I bet some people within that building did not have us going two and zero. Coach Gruden may have had some concerns deep down inside about going two and zero when he first saw the schedule drop. So, you know, and, and not to say that there wasn't confidence in the building because it's shown on the field, but I mean, R- Raspy, I don't know where. I mean there's really no way to break down this performance when we're talking about confidence and, 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 you know, the surprise way that the Raiders went in there and, and defied the odds, defied the, the conventional logic and wisdom without starting with your captain on the field, the guy that you, to your credit, Raspy, that you picked preseason to be your preseason MVP. And that's, boy, that's looking roses right now. That's of course, Derek Carr. And, you know, Derek Carr, is he's always a guy that's, Always, you know, he's he's a lightning rod. He draws so much, you know, criticism from some and praise from others. He's just so controversial out there. He's trying to end all that this year. And, you know, he's come out and through the first two weeks, he's just absolutely lit this thing on fire. He goes into Heinz Field on a short week against, as you just said, Raspy, one of the most, if not the most difficult defenses to, to go up against, especially pass defenses. And he goes 28 of 37, 382 yards, Two touchdowns, 10.3 yards per attempt, Raspy, for 126 Ooh. quarterback rating, 79. We'll just call it, we'll just round up 80 QBR and a, a blistering 81.3 pro football focus grade in route to the highest EPA of the week going into um, so, uh, Monday Night Football. And I mean, the second highest yardage. I mean, what, what, what do you say about Derek Carr so far? I mean, the, the haters be damned. I mean, this guy's going out here against two of the best defenses, you know, perennially, and two of the most talented defenses, well-coached defenses in back-to-back weeks, tough situations, hasn't gotten the best offensive line play as we're going to get into here shortly. And he's just absolutely putting up – has there been a better two-game stretch in Derek Carr's career, Raspy? No. Absolutely, I don't, I don't, I don't believe so. Even in two thousand, even going back to two thousand sixteen, I don't think so. I mean, man, you got to think this. This is let's be honest, folks. This is a depleted offensive line, man. Brandon Parker was playing a good chunk of that game because Wood went down, you know. So, I mean, you're playing with 
Second, you know, just a whole plethora of different guys on the O-line. And young guys, they're finding a way, man. They're finding a way. It doesn't always look pretty. But bottom line, you find a way. And that's what this game is all about, man, is finding a way, willing your team to win, stepping up when you're called upon. Brandon Park, I'm going to give you a quick shout-out, brother. Way to step in there, handle your business. Now, on the car thing, I've been hard on him. I mean, I've been super hard on him, man. I mean, I, I, I've been Me too. I'll be the first to admit to say that I think he fades late in the year. It's never really been a problem in starting out hot, at least not for the last few years. Starting out hot has not been the problem. It's finishing and closing out this season, you know. Let's not forget we were 6-3 and three and followed that up last year with a 1-5 and five record in the next six games. It was bad. So there's a lot to work on, but, I mean, the – the building blocks and the pieces that are coming together to show just trust. And I was listening to all these pressers about just from all the guys, you know, all the pressers after the game and all these guys are just talking about team. Just talking about playing for each other, you know, going out and backing your, your brother up and going to war with your brothers and, you know, sacrificing everything for the team. Man, we have had so much individuality in this organization for the last, you know, few years. It's nice to just hear, team and I'll go back to the very first show we did when we talked about this before we opened up this year was there wasn't a lot of nonsense going on and I think guys were able to just more or less just focus on the team focus on football focus on their job and just come in and get it done and you see how that translates you know and it's it's been awesome, man. And Derek Carr, buddy, whoo, you're out there getting it, man. I'm going to eat my words, man. I promise you, I'll tell you if I'm wrong. And I and last year I was really hard on him. I also went out and said I thought he was going to be our guy like you alluded to. But he's, man, he is just – he is even surpassing what I thought he was going to do. This is – he's taking his game to another level, man. I mean, he's, like, got the dagger in his hand at the end of games trying to just finish – What's Love he it. on pace? You told me earlier. 6,900 yards. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> now, we obviously all know that ain't going to happen. But I tell <laughs> you right now, Carr has barely scratched over 4,000 once in his career, and that was last year. Maybe maybe twice, but if it was, it was by a few yards. How awesome would it be to see Carr go out there and have an MVP-type season and throw for over 5,000 yards, 30 tutties, and less than 10 picks? Uh, that's what I want to see. And he's he is showing us right now, man, with the trust he's showing with these young guys, which we we bitched about, you know. And you gotta show trust in these young guys, man. We got we went out and got these guys for a reason, but they're earning it. He's showing that he's trusting these guys, and you see Edwards, you see rugs flourishing, you know what I mean? You see these guys coming out and having big games, man, and all that does is just instill more and more confidence man and and i just don't i don't see it slowing down because you keep catching that rock when car throws it up he has no reason not to keep doing it well yeah and you and you talked about you know he's surpassing i mean Derek Carr. he's surpassing what you kind of even what you thought he was going to be doing this year even though you picked him to be the raiders offensive mvp the thing that's standing out to me this year raspy about Derek Carr and maybe this is a product of being four years in a system which is clearly a system that works with him with with John Gruden I've been hard on Gruden too but there's his system is getting the best out of Derek Carr is the thing that this year that's really looking like it's at another level with him raspy is his play 
in the pocket. I, I don't ever remember him manipulating in the pocket like he's doing this year to still make plays down the field. Before, he would just sort of go to his first or second read, and as soon as he saw pressure, he would kind of just – his eyes would come down and, and focus on that. He's not doing that at all this year. He's moving all around the pocket, throwing the ball all around the yard. And his numbers under pressure yesterday, Raspy, under pressure, which, you know, Blitzburg, you know, pr- that's what pr- Pittsburgh's defense, that's, that's in their DNA is pressure. 72% completions, 3.2 or 13.2 yards per attempt, two touchdowns with 154.4 rating. Under it doesn't pressure. get much better than that, does it? It just doesn't. And, you know, when you do, – do you think he's the early season MVP? I'm only asking this because, yes, it's only week three, but I'm seeing it out there already that they're already calling out – you know, I, I saw a graphic from ESPN where it, they, their, their first three choices right now are uh, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray, and – Tom Brady, is it too soon to, to – first off, is it just too soon to have those kind of discussions? And if and if not, does Derek Carr, you know, just briefly, does he does he belong to be in that, that discussion at this point? I think it's too early to have these discussions. But if you are going to have him, I don't think it's too early to have him be a part of it. Absolutely not with what he's done. The guy's averaging over 400 yards a game against two, like you said, perennial – badass defenses that always roll out a good defense. You guys know, like I know, Nation, they're going to roll out good defense in Pittsburgh and Baltimore damn near every year. Like, we talked about it even last week. Even a, even a bad defense for them, we would have begged to have in the last, you know, 20, 30 years. So, I mean, even a bad defense for them. And, and neither one of their defenses are bad, especially not this year. So, uh, it's a little too early, yes. But if you're gonna have the conversation, is it is he should he be in it? Absolutely, man. How could you even deny that, man? The guy is out there just looking like the second half is just ice water in his veins, you know. What right. were you telling me? You Hart hit me up with a with a stat throughout the game yesterday where he had like what do you have, 116 yards in the first half passing? And at one point it was like 238 in the second half and the game wasn't even over yet and he still got more. Yeah, I mean, he's just absolute money with the the money on the table, to use a Vegas analogy. I mean, he's really – he's playing his best football in the clutch, which he's done in the past, but he's taken it to another level this year. And Raspy, I don't think we can really mention Derek Carr to this extent without getting, you know, moving over. Well, not even the defense. Uh, I'm Gruden. Uh, I've got to give Gruden oh, a lot of. I've got to give him a lot of props here because nobody's. You said you've been hard on on Derek Carr. I've been very hard, and you guys know it. The you longtime listeners, you guys know that I've been very hard, as hard as anybody on Coach Gruden. But something's different about Gruden this time around. Raspy, uh, I see a guy who's way more aggressive. He, he's way more aggressive than he was in the past, and it, it's uh, you know when you look at it. The thing that stands out to me is he's not just lining up. We were worried about this coming into the season. We talked both on and off air about this coming into the season. Was he going to change or was he going to continue to line up and just run, you know, run the ball when it's not efficient or when it wasn't working? You know, the the whole reshuffling of the offensive line was in order to run the football better. So there's reasons to worry that he was just going to really double and triple down on that no matter what to try to justify that. He hasn't done that at all so far, Raspy. 
when you look at it, you know, the, so far through the two games, we're sixth in pass percentage at 68.5. We're throwing the ball on almost 70% of our downs. The, a John Gruden-led team, we're sixth in the league in, in pass percentage. And, and, you know, we're also leading the league in air yards at 429 air yards. You know, air yards is, for you guys that don't know, it's just a measure of the the amount of – you know, yardage that the ball is traveling in the air. Actually, you know, instead of West Coast offense, traditionally you're throwing the ball shorter. We're throwing the ball further in terms of air yards than any team in football so far through the first two weeks. You see the that we're, we're throwing, we're running all sorts of four vertical concepts. Who is this coach, Rasmi? What, what do you, is this really, is it too early to say that this is a new John Gruden or is, is this just a product of the first two games of the schedule? I don't I I think it might be we talked about it. I think it might be him just realizing that hey, it's time to and thank God he didn't go back and revert to what he was doing last year or the year before because let's be honest folks, our running game it's not good. It's not good right now, man. It is downright bad. Something's got to change there because I do. Do I think that's sustainable to just throw it around the yard the entire season? <sighs> yes and no because I think you gotta try to find some balance and at least keep people honest. But but at least when it's time to, he is making it happen and and it's showing some growth for sure. You know and anybody I don't care how old you are in your life, man, you can always grow. You can always learn. You know, I, I try to each and every day to try to just be a little better than I was the day before. So the fact that he's like seeing that and, and, and changing that and going at it, man, if a team, if you can't run on a team, well, then how the hell else are you going to beat him? Besides letting the top off and letting the lid off and let's go. And we're going to throw on him then. They, they're stopping our run. It's not working. Okay. Well, instead of beating a horse until, it, you know, a dead horse until it, dies twice you switch up your game plan and you start throwing the ball and look what has happened so man i definitely don't think it's too early for that because there ain't a guy in the nfl that has known gruden talked gruden heard gruden talk that would say that he's anything other than a stubborn dude who's going to do what he wants to do so the fact that you see some you know change in any way shape or form with him on how and look what it's translated to so i think the more that that happens the more you're going to see him develop that ability to change his philosophy as far as how he approaches running the football throwing the football i don't want to bail on the run ever you know what i mean you gotta have it so we gotta fix that there's gotta be that's that's the beauty of this man you won but your run game's horrible, so it's something to work on. But it's so much easier to work on things and notice things and fix things when you're coming off of a win, man, as opposed to – and I think that was a lot of it last year. It's like we'd have a game where we just didn't run at all or we didn't run worth a lick, and he was all week thinking like, oh, we got to establish it next week. To show that he can get off of that and be like, hey, we're going to win a game however the hell we need to win a game. That's huge progress, man, and, and that's exciting to me. So hats off, John. Switch it up, man. You're showing that, and I like it. 
Well, yeah, I mean, he looked at it. He he sees the numbers, you know, the yeah. the Raiders, you, you alluded to it, the Raiders run game. It's really a product of the offensive line, you know, but the Raiders run game last in rushing EPA through two weeks, just not, you know, yards per attempt were near the bottom. And the offensive line raspy, I mean, the the penalties in key moments are continuing to pile up. They're taking points off the board. Although I'll, I'll give Leatherwood some some slack. That on was bogus. That was not. If that's a if that's a hold, then what are we talking about in this league? You know, every every play is a hold. I agree, up. man. I totally agree. Good point, though. I'm glad you brought that up, man. Because I was listening to Donald Pan earlier. This is the left tackle. Now, granted, he's a Raider fan, but he even said that's not a hold. He's like that is not a hold, Leatherwood. So don't let that get in your head, man. That was a BS call, and anybody that was watching that game would know it too. That was ticky tack nonsense. Edwards should have scored. Total joke. Total joke. And you know, but but again, to wrap up Gruden, it's it's really I'm proud of him because he sees these numbers. He sees you know the matchups out there, and he's finally being honest with himself. He's looking at his team and saying, okay. We can't run the ball. The line has been iffy. And the two best players on this offense, if not this entire team, are Derek Carr, my quarterback, and Darren Waller, my 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 pass receiving tight end. So anytime we're not putting the ball in one of their or both of their hands in a given play, at least one of their hands in a given play, we're probably doing the opposition a favor. So And you're seeing some honorable you're seeing some honorable mentions as far as this wide receiver group is concerned too. So yet another reason to go to that pass heavy game if you have to. Well and, and just to touch on that real quick here before we go on to the defense and there's so much good to go over there once again for a second straight week. You know, Gruden we criticized the one thing that we both criticized coming off of last week's win. There was so little to criticize, but one of the few things that we did look at with Gruden was the Waller heavy approach where the 19 targets was just too much. You're not trusting rugs. You're not trusting Edwards. You alluded to it a second ago, all that changed, all that changed in week two, you know, Derek Carr, we spread the ball around not one player raspy this week with more than seven targets. You know, it was spread around very well between Waller, Ruggs, who, you know, the, the game of his career, is it? I mean, can we say that? Five catches, 113 yards, the dagger score at the end, 22.6 yards per catch. Isn't that what we've been asking for for Henry Ruggs? That's what we brought him in for, baby, was the big play. We advocated for his, for his selection, too. You guys can we go did. ahead and go back and, and, and listen to that episode from last year, the, the draft special, but – we advocated for his selection. This is the Raiders offense needed a home run hitter. Last year, we kind of got lucky because Nelson Aguilar f- sort of filled that role, you know, while Ruggs was sort of getting ready for that and growing into that. But we need him this year, and, and he's stepping up. And, you know, what do you what do you think about the, the distribution of targets, Raspy, where nobody's getting more than seven targets? And then didn't we call Foster Moreau? a week ago playing a big role this week. You he helped did. out. We helped out in the past. He helped out in the pass protection, but then, you know, a key part of the passing game when he was called on two catches for 34 big yards and a massive touchdown. Just, just real quick before we move on to the next segment, just a word about the Raiders receivers, tight ends, running backs, Kenyon Drake, five catches for 46 yards. I thought that was underrated as well. What about the the distribution this week? 
as opposed to last week and and just the, the way that the young receivers are stepping up. Renfro was big as well. I have to mention him, five catches for 57 yards, moving the chains. And even Edwards, too, 40, 46 or whatever he had. I, yes. think he, I think he hit eight different receivers in that game. You know, yes. through, through passes to eight different guys. That's huge, man. You need to be able to – and that's another thing. If you're not going to be able to run and you are focused on the pass, it can't be one or two guys. It's got to be right. a combined effort because you have to move the ball around. But that's the thing. I think I think this dispersion of the ball to numerous guys like that is almost kind of like a little short run game. You know what I mean? Because you got – you got all these different pieces you can go to, and, you know, all these different little short shots you can take or you can go deep, whatever, but you got guys at every level. So it's, it's kind of a, like an extension of the run game as far as I'm concerned. And as long as that you, like I said, you're dispersing it the right way and you're getting everybody involved, then man, they don't know where, they don't know where to key. They don't know where to go. There's not, you know, there's not one guy like the week one where we were just, I think it was Gruden. He says like, yeah, well, we throw it to, Waller last week 27 times <laughs> but, but but you know and it was like a laughable moment which I loved I thought it was cool but but yeah you can't like you know so I I, I think that that is amazing I think that that can only just get better and if we continue to just diversify this passing game man and keep things moving in each and every direction man they're never going to be able to key on everybody man and I've been screaming this and hard has to and it's hard to say when you're not winning games, you're not making the playoffs, but I just see so much young talent across the board, man. As you've got Waller, you've got Moreau, you've got Renfro, you've got Edwards, you've got Ruggs. I mean, it's just like there are so many. And we're not even talking about Willie Jacob. Sneed. Willie Sneed is a wily veteran. Kenyon Drake and Jacobs can catch balls. I mean, it's Alec Ingold can leak out of the backfield and catch balls. So there's really not any reason why you can't kick this thing around and just let everybody get involved and let's just all go have a last meal together. I totally agree with that. And, uh, you know, all in all, things look really good on offense in this game. The Raiders offense stepped up on a, you know, a short week. Anytime you go on a short week and you go and you come out East on Coast, top against early game. Especially Heinz Field, especially that defense. You know, right. I mean, it's just it's impressive. They executed very well. There are some concerns with the run game and the offensive line. This is the last thing I'm going to leave you with with the offense recipe. We're going to move on to the defense in our uh, in our next segment, but our last segment. But are you concerned? You know, Carr goes down briefly there. It looked like oh, you know, flashbacks to 2016 all over again, but much earlier in the season. He gets hit low. Should have been a flag, by the way, and it wasn't called. If it was any other quarterback, it would have been called, yeah. it seems like. But are you concerned that Carr is on pace to be sacked 42 times, especially after seeing him go down briefly? It looks like he's going to be okay. But with all that coming back, that PTSD from 2016 all over again. You know what I think takes that 2016 PTSD away is winning ball games. So <laughs> – does it concern me? Yes. But also at the same time, like you just you alluded to earlier, is it's it's because of his movement in the pocket and his set he's starting to become that 
savvy veteran a little bit. You know, he's starting to you're starting to see, especially in these first two games, you're seeing some of that like just that savvy veteran play where it's just a couple quick moves this way or a couple quick moves that way, and, and it frees him up and just gives him another second to release and hit the guy where he needs to hit him, and he's doing it deeper too, which is huge. So, is it concerning? Yes. Did I foresee this coming? Yes. We got. <laughs> Got a young old line man with a lot of parts and pieces that haven't played together. There's not a whole lot of continuity there. I, do I feel like these guys all love each other and they're playing for each other? Yes, but there's also something to be said, just alluding to before when we talked about before the season, not playing a lot in the preseason. These guys are just getting going. I truly feel with the way our team makeup and build is that we can just continue to slowly get better and better, solidify some of these young guys on the line, let them start to kind of, you know, they're starting to get their feet wet, man. They got a lot more reps in now. High-speed football is happening every weekend. So I think car, I think we can kind of share some of that up. And the fact, the way the car is moving behind the line, man, I'm just, like, in love with that right now, with the way he's you, – you said it. And he's moving around, making things happen, and he's taking shots. So, and I'm, when I say taking shots, I mean taking shots down the field. Down the field, yeah. So, I, I think that some of that can get cleaned up. You know, can we can we hopefully get Richie back? I man, I hope so. I don't know, man. I'm, I don't I'm, know I don't either. Know. I'm every week that goes by, and every day that goes by, and this guy gets older and is dealing with more and more injuries. Yeah, I won't. I won't even get into that. But that's scary. But meanwhile. The young guys that are here have to step up and have to protect this man because I'm sorry, guys, without Derek Carr, it's a wrap. We ain't going nowhere. I'm sorry. I I, I do not yeah. have the faith in Mariota to come in and do something. And on top of that, he comes in and runs one down in week one and wrecks a quad. So yeah. we need we need Carr in there more than ever with the way he's dispersing this thing and getting the ball out of his hand and going deep. I agree. Um, I am a little concerned about that, but hopefully Gruden and, and Coach Tom Cable can get that shored up as the season goes along. But another thing that I really want to talk about that's, that I am excited about that I'm not concerned about right now, rather, is the Raiders' defense. You down to talk some, some Raiders' defense when we come back, Raspy? Yes, sir. We're going to talk about the improving Raiders defense and how impressive they were yet again when we come back. Raider Nation, welcome back to the Silver and Black Hack podcast. This is the victory show. Raiders whoop the Steelers in Heinz Field on Sunday morning. And Raspy Raider is back to enjoy the victory with us again for for this next segment but he's also here as an analyst he's got his analyst hat on as well he's going to help us break down what was really nation a very special and sort of I'm, i think we can start to believe in this defense a little bit more you know it's one thing when they do it week one when everything you know everybody's fired up they have a unique game plan against the ravens but they go to, on the road on a short week and take on Big Ben, a completely different challenge. We got into this in the pregame show. Totally different you know, style of offensive attack. Totally different game plan with Big Ben. He's going to be more of a pocket passer. He's not going to be running around the yard. And Raspy, you know, different team, 
different location, different style of play, different game plan, same defense, the same defense. Again, Raspy showed up. This defensive line harassed Big Ben all night, pressuring him. Uh, again, th- does this sound familiar, Raspy? We pressured Big Ben on 31% of his dropbacks on Sunday that, you know, the second highest, the second most duress that Big Ben has been under in any game since last year and since early in 2020. And, you know, Crosby and and Ngakwe again, you know, five-plus pressures each. And, you know, the defensive line, Raspy, is just doing so, so well in – not just getting the quarterback on the ground, you know, Al Davis, the quarterback must go down and must go down hard. They're doing that, but they're, they're, they're just harassing the quarterback in just about every way you can. I mean, they're getting, they got big Ben off of his spot multiple times, which is everybody knows that's the key to defending big Ben is you got to get him off his spot and, and uncomfortable in the pocket. And they did that about as well as you can do that raspy and, I mean, what can we even say about the Raiders' defensive line? This is a, a, a problem area over the last several years, ever, especially since Khalil Mack was let go, you know, unceremoniously, as we know. The, the defensive line, the front seven, but the defensive line in particular has just been such a weak point, generating almost no pressure in, in, in recent years. Just some of the lowest pressure and sack rates that we had seen and over a decade has been the recent Raiders defenses. And, you know, you enter Gus Bradley, he brings in Ngakwe, he brings in his defensive coaching staff, he gets with Rod Marinelli, who we also need to shout out now. We gave him a whole lot of grief last year for, you know, we, we, we let Brinson Buckner go and now the defensive line's bad. Well, this year it's been the exact opposite and now it looks better than it ever did even with Brinson Buckner. So we got to shout out Rod Marinelli, but – Raspy, what do you say about this Raiders defensive line going from a weakness of this team for so many years to all of a sudden a strength helping to spearhead Raider victories like this? Well, you make a good point on Rod, too. Marinella, nothing but love for you, man. We did. We were hating on you. We were all all in your chili last year. But uh, <laughs> for sure, man. But there's some pieces that were brought in that are making, you know, direct impacts, you know. We we uh we alluded to it too. I mean, I think I even asked you last week, dude, and I feel like a total dunder for even doing it. But like I asked you, Solomon Thomas still on the team, right? You're like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I'm under a rock. And man, <laughs> boy, he come out and just show out, man. And uh, just you know, you knew after last week that that Yannick and Max were going to get keyed on. So what did the what does this interior pass for us to just bring the heat, man, and allow them to still get off, to still have, you know, still have five, six pressures each, and just bring the heat on, you know, a third of his dropbacks. He's got guys in his face. I mean, Crosby, man, he didn't get any sacks loud. He didn't get any sacks yesterday, but man, was he putting hands on doesn't mean he didn't get his hands on Roethlisberger because he put him on the crown a couple times real five bad. QB hits by Max Crosby in that yeah, game. Just- yeah, just balling man and then you got 92 it's like well you shot out of a cannon every damn down i'm like what a what a exciting time man to be a raider fan and that was one of my keys right there too when we talked about week one one of one of the keys was that interior pressure because we knew pretty much we're gonna get some from max we're gonna get some from you know from ngakwe what is the interior rush gonna look like well it's looking damn good 
and you see what happens when it does. It, it's well, been crucial, man. So can't say enough about what Rod Marinelli's done along with Gus. Gus has to have some correlation there for sure, too, because it just looks way different. But these guys are firing off the ball, hitting their spots, getting to the quarterback, and making a huge difference, man. And this makes it so much easier, like I alluded to before, for the secondaries, for the linebackers, for everything behind them. When you're getting pressure like that and getting a guy, like you said, off his spot, it's amazing what can happen, man. I mean, look at that one. Max Max is bearing down on on Big Ben, and he just has to let it go and just chucks one, and Trayvon just runs that thing down and picks it off. That doesn't happen without pressure, period. And Gakwe got good pressure on that same play, He was too, chasing him, too. They were both pepper. chasing him. Yep, salt and pepper. Like I told you, we got the real salt and pepper now. No disrespect, Clee. I love you to death, man, but I'm sorry. It wasn't like this. It wasn't. And – I don't want to forget, like, I don't want to gloss over Solomon Thomas either because both of us were against this signing. When, when I remember when we brought him in, when Gus, that was one of the, the first signings that, that Gus brought in. I, I assume that Gus Bradley had a lot of influence with that. I think, right. you know, Mike Mayock even alluded to as much. And, you know, we talked about what a disappointment he was in San Francisco, and we let Maurice Hurst go for this guy and this and that, and he's a bust. Well, you know what? He he led us in pass rush grade yesterday. You know, the two sacks, but he also had multiple pressures. In, Probably you know, led most of the league, didn't he? <laughs> in, in sacks? And just and just and just success rate and sacks and everything. He was just doing I mean, everything yesterday. He was all over the place. Well, he led us in pass rush grade, and that's with Ngakwe and Max and everybody else doing everything and, and terrorizing right. the quarterback like they do. And he also had a key pass batted down that's almost as, as good as a sack for no gain. And I mean, this is a guy that's, you know, maybe he's found a new role. Maybe he wasn't being utilized properly. On the other side of the, of the, you know, well, what used to be the other side of the bay before we moved to Vegas, but for, with the 49ers, maybe he wasn't being utilized properly back there. And, you know, it's just great to see a young man who has had all the talent, but it, it just couldn't really put it all together with this former team, you know, with really good coaching. Maybe this is something developing with, you know, and McCoy went down and we, we had a question just last week about, you know, with McCoy going down, should we bring in Geno Adkins or somebody like that to work out to, to kind of supplement that, to supplement the loss of McCoy? Well, you know, Solomon Thomas said, maybe we don't even need to look off the roster. Maybe, maybe I'm the guy right here right now for that job. So got to love it. That's what I said too. I wasn't screaming Solomon Thomas. So I'm not going to no. sit here and say that, but I was saying, let's wait, let's see what we have. And I guess a lot of it was just, with the way they had played, they had played so well. I was like, you know what? I think I truly feel like for the first time and you know, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but for 20 plus years, I feel like we have some really, really good pieces in place as far as the front four with depth that I, I just wanted to give it a shot. And I'm glad that they didn't go and make some crazy decision. Cause you, maybe you go get Gino and maybe he starts yesterday, and maybe Solomon doesn't. So, I'm just so impressed, man. So impressed with Solomon Thomas and the way he came through and handled it. And 
for those of you going to say, well, you had that penalty. That dude had that penalty because somebody spit on his homie. So he went in there and got in the middle of it and said, we ain't let nobody spit on my teammates. That ain't right. happen. Right. So I, I respect I, that. In my book. I'll take a 15-yarder for that all day because there ain't no room for any of that in this league, man. That is the most disrespectful, dishonorable nonsense you could do is a spit in somebody's face. Now, no, he's trying – He's trying to say exactly. I didn't even think about it. I wasn't even thinking about that. That's even worse. But I, he was trying to say somebody spit on me first. But that's funny because, you know, if that was the case, then some little sleuth would have dissected that and found it. And I never saw anything. That Nobody's was him smart. making a that was making him that was him making a piss poor decision and doing something so derogatory and just flat out nasty that he deserved to get kicked out of the damn game. So I'm glad he did. And I'm also glad that Solomon jumped in there and said, you know, he's spitting on my brothers, honey. That's not happening. Not today. Not, not today. And not, not next week COVID. either. No. <laughs> not not no. any damn day, man. That stuff is gross, dude. And it's disrespectful. And that, that long really be- shows- long before COVID, that was disrespectful. That like you said, that that shows something about you, man. You know what else that shows, Raspy? It shows something that's really impressed me. You know, I I do want to shout out, you know, some other players on this defense, but just while you, it was just a really nice segue, you know, I was going to mention this later, but let's do it now. I'm really impressed with this is, uh, you know, going off of your Solomon Thomas comments there. Aren't you impressed with the chemistry on this defense on like the chemistry on the field? And it's, you know, Solomon Thomas, there's been a number of new, new players on this defense that have been brought in at least half the players in this defense are players that have been brought in by Gus Bradley. And then you add into that the rest of the defense coming, you know, that the, that's been retained from last year. The The only players left are young players that needed to step up and still had some, still had some developing and still had some proving to do. So there was a whole lot of question marks with even guys like Trayvon Mullen and Max Crosby. There was questions about, you know, these are guys who have the talent, but they, can they get to that next level? And then you had on top of that, a new defensive coordinator with a whole new defensive coaching staff outside of Rod Marinelli and a whole new scheme on top of all of that, that, that Bradley, a very particular style of scheme that they were all going to have to capitulate to. And, and, and usually it takes defenses with all these, you know, moving parts, a number of games to, to gel. It's been a while since I've seen a defense with this much, you know, going on, you know, so much new stuff happening, gelling this this quickly on the field, both in terms of locker room chemistry, when apparently, apparently these guys really enjoy playing for and with one another, like you mentioned, but also on the field where there, you don't see these eye violations that the infamous Jack Del Rio eye violations, you don't see the, the pointing, Raspy was supposed to go here and he's saying no heart was supposed to go there of the the you know the uh, the Gunther era we we we're just not seeing and then it even goes back to the Jason Tarver era and even beyond before that are you surprised with the chemistry it just seems like and then and then we talked about the the virtual no reps together in preseason so I mean I'm shocked by that I, I don't know what's your what's your read on that the chemistry. I think Gus Bradley and Ron Miles and others have a lot to do with that, man. When you bring in solidified, bona fide studs that can lead your team and show these guys how to play right, play fast, play sound, 
And just on top of that, man, I mean, just just the the, the cohesiveness. I mean, Carl was saying himself, man, that he said this, and I don't know if anybody really caught on his presser, but he was saying, like, there were some guys that made him miserable to go to work the last few years for him. We had, a lot of, we had a lot of me, me, me going on instead of team, team, team. And I feel like the guys that are here, and I think a lot of it really started with Yannick Ngakwe. He came in here. He was one of our early signings and said, hey, man, I I want to be here. I want to do whatever it takes. I think Mad Max Crosby is the man. I think Colton Miller is the man. And just constantly telling people how good they are coming from a guy who's as good as he is. I think that was like the kind of the springboard, you know, because you got, you already have good talent here, but I think with what unique brought in here with just that swagoo mentality, man. And, and as badass as he is to sacrifice it all for the good of the team. I mean, that's just leadership at its finest, man. The guys will fall in line. Young bucks. Like you said, Crosby Mullen, Mullen even said it too in his press. This is just different, man. Like we all want to be around each other. We all want to, you know, take time to help one another. We all want to just back each other up. We want to win. And here in car to see him, I just want to win for these guys. I want to win for this group because I just see this group being something he, he compared it to 2016. He's like, I'm not, he's like, I'm not trying to get anything going or anything. You know, he had his hands up. Like, don't, don't, don't read into it. Don't, but I'm just telling you, this is a team that genuinely wants to go to war together. There is no me. This is all team. And I think Gus was the catalyst to that. And Unique just springboarded that. And I think guys just are falling in line and seeing it, man. If a guy like Unique and Gokwe can say, hey, man, I'm no bigger than this team. I want to make this team get better. I want to bring, I want to bring the Raiders back to glory. I start falling in line and look what happens, man. When you start having structure. Wow. And accountability what a difference, man. And accountability comes with that too. Man. And just, man, if the, if you, you know, if you need Gokwe's over here, busting his ass as hard as he possibly can and holding everybody accountable, including himself. Well, then who am I to not do the same damn thing? Solomon Thomas, I mean, I was just – all these guys, I, I've never heard so much about team, 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 we, 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 instead of me, me, me. It goes so far, man. And when you want to go win for the guy next to you, where well, you're just going to play that much harder. You're going to try that much harder. And it's it's showing up. And that's what I love, too, is that you're seeing it on the field. So that is just instant translation, man, because it's like – Instant results get you instant translation, man. It's just the way it is, and I'm just loving it. I'm excited as hell about it. This has been a long time. Our defense has, quite frankly, been just suspect for a really long time, and to see some solidification on that side of the ball is so promising, man. And I bucked the trend about Carr just needed a defense. Carr just needed a defense. Because there is stats to say that when our D played good while, you know, in the past couple of years, Carr, you know, but this is different. You're giving him the ball on the other side of the field. Even Carr said, he's like, maybe we score a touchdown. I look back up after I go over the film and it's third or fourth down and we're getting the ball back. Like what? I got to go back out there again. Hell yeah. You know, so it, it all translates, man. It's huge. It, it does. And, you know, one of the things that Bradley was saying 
that really stood out to me is that he's so excited about the, you know, he's not seeing a lot of lack of assignment sound defense. You know, everybody's sort of filling their roles and they're, they're handling their assignments. Like you said, they're, everybody's playing for each other and, you know, and it's not just one guy, you know, it's not just Crosby, Max Crosby. It's not just unique in Gakwe. It's not just, you know, Casey Hayward. It's everybody. It's even guys like, Jonathan Hankins, who still doesn't give you much in the in the pass rush, but right now, I mean, he's sealing off that interior, you know, the, the run, he, the the interior run lanes. He's he's really he's really sealing those off. There just isn't a lot there. The Raiders right now are top ten in rushing EPA against. You know, they only the run gave up what thirty nine yards, thirty nine yeah, yards under under three point under three yards a carry and you know top 10 in rushing epa as far as our rushing defense and we're second in rush success rate i mean so it's 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 there with hankins you look at casey hayward's the number one corner in the league right now by numerous metrics whether you like pro football focus or whether you like uh, you know pick your metric he's the number one corner he's been targeted five times over the first two weeks he has not given up a single reception. Top coverage grade in the league right now. Just been an absolute stud, breaking up deep balls, doing it all, showing leadership. And then you have Hobbs, who has been so sound, you know, he's been so sound that they've cut that they cut Nevin Lawson off the roster for now. So thank, thank the been, Lord above. Thank the Lord above nation. If you've, if you've listened to me at all on this, on this podcast, you know that I do not love me some Nevin Lawson, man. Even looking back at his stats in the two years he was here, it was seven before that. I think two with us, he still has yet to have one interception in an NFL game that mattered. I'm so glad Nate Hobbs was like a gift from the heavens for me to just have a guy go out there as a rookie and not only to just play well, but to solidify the position early on and hang on to it. Cause I thought week three, it was like Nevin Lawson. We're going to roll him back out there as our slot corner. I do not want him out there. Huge Nate Nate Hobbs, man. Props to you, homie. You've been out there balling, doing your thing. These big dogs, Casey Hayward. I don't know how in the hell he sat out there as a free agent for as long as he did, but thank God he did, and thank God he ended up as a Raider because the guy is balling out. I said I wanted him over Richard oh, Sherman. He did that, but let's see why. You did. Now you guys see why, you know? Big time. Big time. And Raspy, when you're looking at this defense lastly here, it's just amazing to me that this defense, you could make the argument that they're a top 10 defense, you know, going into week three. And we have to see it over the long haul. I get it. I I can hear you guys out there saying it's just too early. And what about years past? Number one, we never had a defense in years past. The defense has never dropped off. They just weren't any good at any point in the last couple of years. It's been the red zone offense that is that has been the the culprit of tailing off late in the year. But we're tw- we're twelfth right now in EPA per play, which is which is solid. We're fifteenth overall as a defense, fifteenth in in uh, EPA per play, which is right about mid pack, still solid. 
but then we're, like I said, seventh in dropback success rate, which is really good. And we're third in overall success rate. Success rate, guys, for those that don't know, is just a measure of how often, you know, if it's offense, how often the success rate is. If you run a play, just to cut it short, when you run a play, are you, did that play enable you? Was it successful enough to where you're still on schedule for down and distance? And there's a metric to, that that measures what is on schedule for down and distance. And then on defense, it's the exact opposite. They run a play against you. Did you stop them from, you know, staying on, on schedule as far as down and distance? We're third in that. These are, you know, success rate, pass, drop back success rate, we're, we're seventh. These are metrics that historically are top five, top three in – correlating into winning and losing games. And we were getting nothing from those defensive metrics in years past. So it's just such a turnaround through through two weeks. The Gus oh, we Bradley were bottom, bottom five, bottom six. I mean, if we were lucky, bottom 10 for sure in all those metrics. All of them. And some of them were historically bad. In. Yeah. And Worst it, ever so type stuff. That's what the people were talking about. The Derek Carr needs a defense. People were saying, you know, History shows that you just don't win games when you're not getting anything from those other, you know, pass success rate and, you know, the passing efficiency is the number one thing when it correlates to winning and losing games. But all the everything else besides that, all the top five is defensive pass defense success uh, metrics, efficiency metrics. So we weren't getting anything in those other areas and we're getting it now. And we just hope that that continues on did you have anything else to shout out about this defense the linebackers were solid again they, no i didn't think any one player really stood out but as a unit you know they didn't get gashed in coverage you didn't see that cover three mabel again like you like you saw against the ravens got beat a couple times you know bradley made the adjustment there with the three the the big dime defense the three safety defense that's been so effective for us and that allows the linebackers to just play their game and they've been very solid rest that was the only other note I have, man, is I've got it checked down as the linebackers are more sound than they have been in I don't know how long. These guys are doing their thing. Corey Littleton was a problem last year, and I think it just comes right back to that word again. It correlates to having piss-poor coaching, man. He even said it himself, I'm just doing what they're asking me to do last year. Well, you don't, you're not worrying about that. You're not seeing anybody out there just getting smoked, looking bad. And and I got to give a quick little shout-out to our boy Denzel Perryman, man. And and not even a full-time role. I mean, he's getting a lot of reps, but it's not like he's out there every – he's got 22 tackles in the first two games. Perryman is flying around handling his business. Right, he's so, our leading tackler. Right, couldn't be more. Couldn't be more happy with the linebacker room, man. And that's with Nicholas Morrow on the bench, not even seeing any time. Right, and I thought that you know Corey Littleton has been playing better as well, and KJ Wright has been as good as advertised. So, all levels of this defense, you know, Jay, um, Abram <clears throat> continues to play better. Uh, Trayvon Morig is is just doing his his job out there. So uh, it's all looking good at the Raiders' defense right now. Just have to hope that this thing they may even get better, guys. Is the scary thing they may even get better as they get more and more comfortable playing together and and with this scheme. So you know, lots lots of upside there. Yeah, a lot to look forward to, no doubt. 
you uh, you up for a real quick captain of the week and walk the plank? Let's hit it. Who you got? Man, my captain of the week, man, this is a tough one because you got a lot of guys that really shine, man. But for for what I think our offense is going to need and our team in general is that take the top off and make it pop off, man. Henry Ruggs, five catches, 113 yards and a tutty. You listen to your captain, mate. Couldn't have came at a more clutch time. It wasn't like he was catching this in garbage time, man. That was the time. I was so nervous in that game. And I'm literally on the phone with Hart, and he's ahead of me on it. And he's like, Rugs, touch it, touch it, touch it. Like, what happened? I'm right behind him. Rugs with a 61-yard touchdown to pretty much all but slam the damn door on that game. How clutch is that, man? Carr himself said, man, to have the trust to know that I can just throw it past the defense and he'll just go get it. So huge, man. Henry Ruggs. I got a quick little little honorable mention for Solomon Thomas. We already touched on that, so I won't dig in that. But two sacks for Solomon Thomas. But Henry Ruggs, captain of the week, man. Salute you, brother. His best game of his young career, like I said earlier, it just coming out and put a stamp on that game. And that's why we drafted him. We needed that home run threat, that Deshaun Jackson caliber, you know, deep threat. And he was every bit of that. So that's that's a great pick. I went with a guy that I've been very hard on, and he was a, a mainstay of the plank for me a year ago, all regular season. And, you know, you guys that go back with this to last year you guys know exactly i just gave it away essentially my captain of the week i'm gonna go with the coaches like i did a year ago and it's gonna be john gruden has gone from the plank to the captain where he he should be you listen to your captain mate yeah john gruden is my captain of the week you know this is a guy that's apparently looked at himself in the mirror and this is what i've been asking for and it it appears that he's looked at himself in the mirror and, and he's decided that I've got to Derek Carr is the, the engine that's going to make this thing go. Waller's the, probably the best player on this team, but, you know, put the ball in the hands of the guys that, that make this thing go. And he's a run first guy. He's a balanced offense guy. So this is not how he wants to win football games. And he's kind of put all that aside. He's put his ego aside and he's doing what's best for his football team. And he's being more aggressive this year, which is, you know, evident by the numbers that I, that I laid out earlier. That's not how he wants to win football games either. He likes to, you know, rely on the run game. Got a little conservative in one spot late. That worried me a little bit, but then he corrected that right away, straight away the next drive. And I just right now, John Gruden with the with the the added aggression, with the added urgency in his game plan, his game calling. My captain of the week. Good job, Captain John Gruden. Love it, man. To see that ability to change direction, man. And to go against something that you like you just said is is not really him. He's that smash mouth, wants to run the ball type guy to sort of see him be able to shake that off and, and to lean heavy on the pass game because he knew that that was what it was going to take to win. So you got to give credit where credit's due. That's one thing Hart and I will do. If we hate on you when you're screwing up, trust me, we're going to give you love when you're blowing up. So. Nobody, nobody can question that or argue that. I can promise you, go back and listen to every show. We're real on this show, so 
we're going to call it real. We're not going to pay favorites. We're not going to have agendas. And I think you guys I know. Got, yeah, I got no problem saying I'm wrong if I'm wrong, man. I think that is just the worst thing is when a guy will double down on nonsense. So if you're wrong, say you're wrong, admit it, and move on. Seems to be a problem. It seems to be a problem in this entire country right now, but we won't yeah. even get so. Yeah, we'll be we'll here just, all night. We certainly would be, and probably longer than that. But instead of going down that path, we can go down another path that's 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 difficult as well. Because usually it's easy with the Raiders to put somebody on the plank, but it it's it's getting harder and harder to find worthy people to put on the plank these days. Raspy, this but, was a tough week for me, man, and I'm probably gonna get a lot of. You know, blast back, maybe rightfully so, where I'm going to go now. Okay. So, who's, the guy who's walking the plank for me this week, man, and it may not even be all on him, but I'm going to say Kenyon Drake, man. It's time you walk the plank. I know really? he had a decent. I know he had a decent game catching the ball. Limited in his his touches as far as running the ball, but man, we're paying this guy eleven million dollars a year. We we talked to earlier, alluded to earlier about how we were kind of against the Solomon Thomas thing, and the main reason Hart and I were against that is because literally the next day, Anthony Harris from the Vikings was signed for the same amount, which was a position that need we had. So I think that's what kind of stuck in me and Hart's crawl on that one was like we gave Solomon Thomas. A guy coming off an ACL who hadn't had a great couple years over a guy who'd been a pro bowler. So we were pissed. But it goes the opposite way, too, man. If you're going to give a guy like Drake $11 million a year, I don't want to pay a guy $11 million a year just to catch the ball out of the backfield. I would think that I would – for me, I would rather have a second or third round guy who can do both. So I need Kenyon Drake to be able to, whether it's telling John Gruden, hey, John, let me get some more reps running the ball, you know, and step up as that. Let me earn my money, you know. So that's where I'm at, man. It was It's tough, though. It's tough in a win, especially it's tough on a road win when you went out there and handled your business and kicked ass. It is. So it is a tough one, man, but I'm, I'm going to say Kenyon Drake, man. And with the way, you know, Barber came in and played in his limited role, he got his yards when he got the ball. So. Right. Yeah. And then I, and we went over the, the rushing numbers and metrics and, you know, whether you want to use old school metrics, whether you want to use more cutting edge metrics, advanced metrics, predictive analytics, the run game is bad. They're all saying the same thing. They're all speaking one tongue, you know, and right now, which is rare. And it's all that the Raiders run game is not good right now. And we sure could use some extra punch, especially with Josh Jacobs on the mend right now. But I want, you know, my my plank is, is on the same sort of on the same level or down the same path that you're thinking. But it's a little bit different. It's, it's sort of inverted, if you, if you will. You know, it is the run game. The, the run game is the is that's where the plank worthy play is right now. Whether you, no matter where you go, it's the Raiders running rushing offense is where that's all the where plank I was leaning to. That's where all the plank play, so to speak, is coming from. So you went with one of the backs. I'm going to go with, with the lineman that I that I think is having a real tough go right now. And this is a guy who has sold 
to us as being, you know, an answer to this, to this very problem, to the run, lack of run game, the lack of push in the middle of the offensive line. And I, I guess you guys know where I'm going now. Andre James, for me, is walking the plank. It's time you walk the plank. And, you know, we're just not getting any push inside. And we can, it's very difficult for us to run the ball in uh, in the interior whatsoever, you know, and it's just, we're just getting, it's all on Derek Carr's shoulders right now to put the ball up in the air, which is not ideal for any, any quarterback. You, you want to have some support on the ground and it makes it easier to throw when you have the threat of the ground, which we just don't have right now. And James has had some tough matchups in the first two weeks with, you know, the, the two defensive lines that he's had to face. But, you know, when you're being sold to the fan bases, we just got rid of a Hall of Famer because we think this guy's going to be better at, at getting the run game going, and it's worse. You know, it, it, and he's he's not a, he's a young player in his position, but he's not a rookie like Leatherwood. We can see where well, we see the flashes, but we also see some, some you know, rough edges being a rookie. No, this is – he's just not getting it done right now. and he's, It's not like he's been – in a racer in pass protection either. Derek Carr's under duress quite a bit right now. So for me, it's Andre James, man. It's got to walk that plank. Hey, man, I, I, I can't even argue that. I mean, you get rid of a perennial pole, pro bowler every single year at that position, no matter where he's played, whether it be in Kansas City or in Oakland or Vegas, and it was Rodney Hudson, and we talked about it. It's a problem, man. The one thing we do have going for us a little bit is that the our opponent this week, the Dolphins, we'll touch on that. They've been kind of getting gashed in the run, so if there's any time to get it going, Maybe that would be nice, but we have to get it going because I just don't know how sustainable it is to rush for 40, 50 yards a game and throw for 400. I don't know. It's going to be tough. So, yeah, it's got to get better, man. I mean, it's got to get better. James, they not only did they tell Rodney he could walk, they gave you a contract. So you need to go and earn that contract and get your money. Now, I'll give it to you. I'll give you this, man. With Williams and Campbell in week one, and then Hayward and all these boys they had on the line for Pittsburgh in week two, he hasn't had it easy. So I'll give him a break because I know there's going to be some guys saying, hey, man, this guy went up against some serious, serious talent in the interior against two really good defenses. Well, let's see. Hopefully... He can he can respond, but Hart makes a good point, man. I mean, where else do you go with the plank walking, you know, other than the the run game? Because it's the glaring hole right now with what's going on. We'd be easily the best team in football right now if the run game was what it was supposed to be with everything. Oh, else if the run play. game was where it was supposed to be, we'd have probably beat both of those teams by double digits. So we would, and yeah, it's it's tough to put anyone on the plank when you're two and zero and and you know you gotta do it though, man. I love the captain and I love the captain and the plank. I think it's a staple of this, and I, I think it's exciting, man. So I'm all about it. That's all. That's all ours, Hart. That is ours. Yes, it is. Yes, it and that's is. the nations that we bring to you. That's yours too, nation. That is ours. Absolutely, well said, man. You got anything else to say before we put a wrap on this one? Other than the fact that I'm just like 
so jacked up and juiced. I hate being negative in any kind of sh way, shape, or form after being 2-0. and Nation, soak this up. We are 2-0. and We just went and dominated two damn good teams. Something to be happy about. Relishing this. But like Carr said, be happy on the ride home, but get focused on Miami. And we'll talk about that later in the week. Let's just go have a great week. Whatever you do out there, man, just keep killing it. Keep going, Raider Nation. Keep backing us up. Let us know what we can do to be better. Hit us up with any questions you may have. And we thank y'all. We love y'all so much. Thank you for tuning in, man. And hearing Heart and I out. This is like the highlight of our week, man. We love this stuff. We believe this stuff. So just thank you a million times. Absolutely. And yeah, guys, make sure to get us our questions or your questions rather so we can hit those up on the Ask Raspy segment later on this week. We will be previewing the Raiders versus Dolphins. Got to start off 3-0, guys. That's going to make that's going to send a clear signal that this is a different team than years past. So we'll be here to break it down, all the key matchups, scores and predictions, all that good stuff. But until then, guys, enjoy the next couple of days. Soak in this win enjoy it you know we, we all deserve it as raider fans and until we meet again make sure to do one thing above all and that's just win baby <laughs>